really does get down to what we call the give your all and give back piece. And, and, you know, that's, that's really our mission and why we do what we do. Hey there. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the It Matters to Me podcast. This is a show where we look at the intersection of nonprofits and the outdoors and try to highlight the people existing in that overlap. I'm your host, Adam Casey, and today I have on the show Peter Downing and Bob Africa, co-founders of the Colorado-based nonprofit called Suffer Better that offers the world of endurance athletes opportunities to get back and protect their natural environment and support local communities through running events, educational programs, and grants. They've built Suffer Better into a series of endurance events that takes place every year and has what feels like the beginnings of becoming Colorado's version of the rut. We talk about how they first got into trail running and more importantly, how they met each other. We also talk about the origin of the name Suffer Better and why they felt the need to use it as a tool for good in the fight against climate change. We also get into how they've grown participation in their events over the years and what they look for in brands and companies they choose to align with. Their story is a great one to highlight because it shows just how it's possible to combine sport with service and hopefully gives you a little bit of inspiration to maybe bringing your local endurance tribe together for a good cause. Today's episode is brought to you, of course, in part by Naked Sports Innovations. They've been oh so kind to let me sample some of their gear, and I'm just a huge fan of the waistband that's popping up all over the trail scene these days. It's actually so versatile that I don't really wear a hydration pack for most of my runs, and if you'd like to check it out for yourself, be sure to check out the show notes for links to their website. As a reminder, before we get into the interview, if you'd like to keep up with me on social media, you can find me on Instagram where I'm at, Adam Casey. Or if you want to write an email, you can just shoot one over to Adam at ItMattersToMePodcast.com. But all right, let's get into it. Here's my talk with Peter and Bob. Peter and Bob, welcome to the show. How are you guys doing today? Great. Good to be here. Yeah, yeah excellent. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. Thanks for that. Yeah. Now, this is going to be a first for most listeners out there. You guys are my first two guests to be on the show at the same time, but definitely couldn't do this interview without the both of you here because what we're going to talk about today is the organization and the events that you run under the umbrella of Suffer Better. Uh, it's something that is, I think, definitely growing in popularity and going to be something our listeners are going to want to check out. But before we get into that, one way I kind of like to start the show each ep- with each episode is a question about the guests and who they were before they w- became the person that they are today. And I do that with a kind of fun question about their childhood and who they were growing up and like to phrase it a little bit differently each time. But, you know, it inevitably just comes out as if I knew you growing up, what kinds of stories would I tell about you? And since we have both of you today, Peter, how about I start with you? Hey, Peter, if I knew you growing up, what kinds of stories would I tell about you? That's such a funny question. Um, 
so I'll start with um, back in the day, I used to go on a fishing trip with my dad and all of his male buddies and, of course, my brothers. Um, and we all got nicknames on this trip. And this will go where it will make sense to you. But um, when I was a kid, uh, when I first started doing that, I was chubby. Um, and uh, my nickname on this fishing trip with all these serious men, you know, who, you know, would take off from their big, powerful jobs to go fishing for a week. My nickname was Gel Bell, which was short for Jelly Belly. Um, um, And it's one of those things that I don't think my dad or any of his buddies ever even thought that something like that would get to me. but of course it did. Um, and it's, it's part of what led me to this whole <laughs> endurance athlete world as, um, cause here I am as a kid and all these people that supposedly I respected and admired and so on, all they thought of me as was this little fat kid. And, um, so as, uh, I'll, I'll still remember it was about ninth grade when, things started to change and I got seriously into uh, running Um, first roads um, then trails then ultras and so on but um, (laughs) I don't think any of those guys most of whom are are now passed away would even begin to recognize me now after all that so um, it's one of those things when they talk about how those childhood things impact you over the course of your life. That one was very much true for me. It was a big deal for me. Yeah. It always, for me, it's the same in somewhat similar vein. I can remember um, very much, I guess the term body shamed uh, when I was younger Mm -hmm. and there's not a day that goes by or at least a run that goes by that doesn't, that I don't repeat some of that the some of the things that I heard, um, for better or worse. Uh, but yeah, it's funny how that stuff can just get underneath your skin. Uh, Bob, how about, how about you? What kinds of stories would I tell about you growing up? Yeah, that's a, it is a great question. Um, I would say that, you know, I was on the go, like I was always moving, running active, you know, I was big into BMX and moto and, a hockey player and a soccer player. I was not a runner by any means. Um, I remember like my mom would say um, like on Sunday nights, I'd be like, can we go someplace? You know? And she was like, everything's closed. And I'm like, well, how about Turkey Hill? Which was, you know, I grew up in Pennsylvania. That was kind of the Pennsylvania version of, of 7-Eleven. So I always wanted to go and keep moving. And I think there's a, a lot of reasons for that. I think that, you know, um, yeah, not, not the easiest childhood in some ways and kind of being alone sometimes. And, uh, that, that's one way I could kind of fill the space and keep myself kind of, uh, preoccupied. So I was definitely on the go. So it would definitely, people would say that he was, uh, moving quickly, never slowing down, could never sit still. And, you know, fast forward today and I'm very much focused on slowing down. Um, not always in the, the physical sense per se, but just in the kind of mental, emotional, it's just slow down and, and sit in it. So, um, yeah, that, that would be one of probably many ways people would explain me. It's funny. It, 
to say that you're slowing down, I would say, if anything, it feels like you've sped up. I mean, uh, in your later <laughs> years, you're, uh, you know, I was going to say that. So <laughs> I'm glad you did. <laughs> you know, you're, let's, let's, let's not, you know, let, let's not gloss over the fact that in 2013, you were a lead man. And for people that are out there that are wondering, you know, my, most of my listeners are going to be familiar with the Leadville Trail 100 mile race, but they're not maybe familiar with what lead man actually is. So what is lead man and how did you slow down in, uh, in, in achieving this, this status? Yeah, I mean, it's lead man, lead woman, and now they call it lead challenge. Uh, I've done it twice, uh, first time in 2013 and, and 14. I did it again. And it's basically the, the whole Leadville race series events in one summer. So it starts with a marathon, which is actually this weekend. And then it goes to a 50 mile. In July, there's a 50 mile either bike or run. And then in August is kind of the, the business. Uh, you have the 100-mile bike on a Saturday. They do a 10K the following day, which is kind of insulting. And then five <laughs> days later, you do the 100-mile run. So that's kind of the business. And, um, yeah, so um, that, yeah, that's a big chunk of time in Leadville and a lot of time up high. And, um, you know, Peter's always paced me and helped me through that. My first Leadville was in 2000, and that's how kind of Peter and I really – met was through through the running community so yeah and i would love to i think that's a great way to transition into this and, and to how you two actually know each other and so peter i know you used to be in the peace corps or at least i read that you yep. were in the peace corps yep. maybe maybe someone uh, <laughs> maybe maybe not but as how do you go from being in the peace corps to then pacing uh pacing leadville um well as as i said you know, I, I got into this running and I was really lucky when I lived overseas. I lived with two English volunteers who were essentially the British equivalent to, to Peace Corps. They were called uh, VSOs, Voluntary Service Overseas. And we lived together in this small town in, in Ghana, West Africa. But one of them, Rich, um, is still one of my great friends. He lives in England. Um, but he was a runner and we just from the minute I landed in their little house in this little town, every weekend we'd, uh, you know, jump on the, the local trails such as they were um, and run through the forest, uh, you know, and um, I just, it was one of those spectacular occasions and um I continued to do that afterwards, um, you know, did the usual, you know, marathon stuff, the Denver marathon, the, you know, uh, I did Boston and, um, and then I met this guy, uh, his name, his first name was Mike. And I met him at a run up near Breckenridge and he started talking about, um, uh, this 35 mile run. And to me at the time, I think this was probably in the eighties somewhere that was just inconceivable to me that somebody did that. Right. I mean, I'm like, Holy shit, that's a long way. And he was the first person I'd ever met that, uh, had one of those double water belt bottle carriers around his waist. I'm like, Whoa, that's like, cool. What is that? Um, and so it was the Doc Holiday run that was at the time back up in Glenwood. 
Um, and, uh, so I decided I had to go try that. And, um, it was just so fun. Um, and, uh, uh, I did okay. I finished third, I think beside behind two sort of, I guess, legends, Tom Sobel and Skip Hamilton. And, uh, I just felt like that sort of launched me into that. And, and at the same time, I was, I was, uh, at the time I was an attorney, um, and there was nothing better for when you're an attorney than getting away from being an attorney for really long stretches of time. And uh, so I, uh, I just, every chance I got out of the office, I'd go run. And um, <laughs> it was just funny. Um, and then I, uh, I, Bob and I had heard about each other and somebody had said, oh, you've got to meet this guy, Bob. And um, we did, as, as he talked about, you know, the other day to met in, uh, at the outdoor retail show in in Salt Lake city. And we just, you know, we clicked and we ran together. We had fun. We trained together. I don't know. We, uh, it was great. And, you know, we are so much about the things that we talked about and thought about we were aligned in so many things and that's why it totally made sense for suffer better to crawl out of that that connection and and evolve into all of that but yeah from you know it 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 really did started with you know the run through the jungle kind of thing and uh it was amazing so it was a great way to get things kicking and started and it's uh it's still part of what i love the most today and bob on the other side of the equation, what was it like for you to be you know, mentored in some way by Peter? Or maybe that's not the right word, but what did, how did Peter influence you through your kind of endurance evolution? Um, I mean, definitely mentor is appropriate. And when I first met Peter, I was probably late 20s and, you know, I guess Peter was probably early 40s, you know, somewhere in there. And so, you know, he was a bit on the older side, I thought, and I was like, okay, let's go out and run together. And cause I was training for my first Leadville. And I know that, you know, Peter had been second in Leadville a handful of times and had, you know, has course records and extremely um, accomplished in the running world and respected. So I was like, cool, let me go, you know, run with him. And I'll never forget the first time he ran, I just got, got my ass handed to me for like three or four hours. So that was the wake up call. Um, but then, like you said, we just put these hours in and we just go out and have a great time and, and, you know, toil around in the mountains for hours and hours. And, um, so we got the training in, but we also just got great connection about, you know, family, work, life. You know, he actually, I mean, I'm now divorced, but, uh, he was, you know, he married Darcy and I, um, so he was, you know, you know, there, you know, being the kind of efficient in that sense. So he's been very instrumental in my life for, for years and years. And, you know, um, I've seen his kids grow up. He's watching my daughter grow up. Um, so it's just, it's, it's way more than running, but they're running kind of at the, at the core of that. So, um, it's been great. Yeah. It's, uh, and it keeps on, just gets better. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. It's, it's funny how the, you know, the, every community I think likes to lay claim to being close knit and, and being inclusive. And I'm not saying that they're not, but I think, you know, for the most part, running is one of, especially trail running is one of those communities that, you know, you, 
you really get to see someone at their their best and their worst uh, through oh, yeah. some of these events. And I can, you know, it's, there's a you know, you get to see a totally different side of a person at mile seventy seven versus mile like four if you're going out for like a fun run or something with them. And so, I think that's just beautiful that you guys have connected in that sense. Um, we'll yeah. So you mentioned you mentioned the. The crux of the interview, the, the 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 organization that you guys have both come to run together called Suffer Better. Um, if you could, I'll throw this over to you, Peter. Could you explain at a high level what Suffer Better is and why the name Suffer Better is uh, the one you chose? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll when we I'll talk a little bit about the first part, but then I I feel like I I, I always want Bob to talk about where the name came from, because that, that, that's really, it, that came from him. But um, when it gets right down to it, Suffer Better is really all about getting all of us that are part of this endurance community. And we focus mostly on trail runners, but I mean, it's much bigger than that, obviously. It's mountain bikers, it's through hikers, it's, it's all of that. Um, to appreciate what how lucky we are to have all these amazing places outdoors to, to run, to ride, to refresh ourselves, to rejuvenate, to all of those pieces. And to then take some of that passion and commitment and put it into giving back to those places so that future generations, Bob's daughter, my kids, um, all are fortunate enough to experience those same things and be outdoors and appreciate what that offers. And, and so really it, it really does get down to what we call the give your all and give back piece. And, and, you know, that's, that's really our mission and why we do what we do. And, um, you know, and I, I think Bob can best uh, talk about where, where the name came from, because it clearly fits for everything that we're trying to do. Yeah, um, I guess the the name came from it was it was about ten years ago now, and I think I was running the first time I ran the Lead Man, um, maybe the second, but that, that doesn't matter. Um, it was it was the marathon, and I, I just turned forty. So yeah, ten years ago I just turned forty. I just turned fifty a few months ago, um, and in my life there was a lot going on, you know, I was running a, I was my kind of first time president CEO of a company that was kind of insolvent in a really tough shape. Um, I was going through a separation into divorce at the time. You know, I had a, a young girl, you know, two, three year old, uh, Sophia was, was very young. Um, I had just kind of come off a knee surgery. So just a lot of really difficult, challenging, things were happening in my life and you know like like you know as we many of us know sport or athletics or running will will it's a place kind of a safe place safe place for you know kind of sometimes escape and hide but also you can get a lot of solace and clarity there but i went up and i i hopped into to the lead man and uh, ran the marathon and i had a i had a really good day you know I, I don't know exactly but you know probably top five and it, you know just you know things kind of clicked for me and um a gentleman, you know, who was in his twenties kind of finished behind me and he was like, man, how do you do it? You know, you got 
all that going on. And, you know, he was saying, you know, you got some gray hair, you know, it was kind of the old guys. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I was like, Hey man, like you, you know, you're younger, you probably got the higher VO two max, you know, all of this stuff, but I can suffer better. And it just kind of, that's just all I said was that, you know, I suffer better. And, you know, I, I think we all, some of us understand that like cadence, when you get into that kind of grinding, I really like climbing hills, you get into that grind and that suffering and you just find that place where it hurts so good. And, um, that, that's kind of how it came from. And then I just, as a joke, I kind of stenciled it on t-shirts and just made this like suffer better kind of this mantra, uh, almost, um, in life. And I remember, you know, sitting late at night at work or, you know, whatever it might be and just suffer better, suffer better became kind of this mantra. And, you know, there's a, a Buddhist piece to that, like life is suffering. So what, you know, there's involuntary, voluntary, um, obviously, you know, a lot of these athletics are, are very voluntary suffering, but, um, that's kind of where the name was born from made some t-shirts. People started saying, what is that? Um, and you know, just, Oh, it's just a, just a slogan or a mantra. And then, that's when Peter and I started talking and I'm like, Hey, we should maybe do something with this. And, um, that's where kind of, you know, that was kind of the inception of suffer better as it is today. It's come a long way, but, but that's kind of how it started. And, you know, at the core of that was also this idea of like, how do we give back, you know, like, um, you know, you, you, you go, go, go much of what we do in life is selfish, you know, whether it be athletics or career or whatever. And it was like, how can we, you know, do a, something to make this world a little better, this community a little better. So there was always an idea or an inkling of how can we give back to the community. So that that was kind of the, uh, yeah, the story. Yeah. Right. The first thing that I thought of when I first just came across the organization before I even knew anything about it was uh, somewhat similar to what you're talking about with the, it's the quote from, and I I, no matter how I pronounce this name, I know it's going to be wrong. So I'm just going <laughs> to say it. <laughs> but it's, 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 I think it's Nietzsche, uh, but I know it's there's Anyway, not important, yeah. but let's just say it's Nietzsche. But it's the quote, to live is to suffer, to survive is to find some meaning in the suffering. And that was the uh, yeah. first thing that I thought of when I, first, when I just saw the name. And it's just like, there's just something about though, just even the word suffer that just you know, it, it has a poetic meaning to me. And so I think that's one of the many decisions that you guys have made along the way that I would put in the category of, of right, uh, because you've, gone, you've grown this idea of suffering better from stenciling on t-shirts to now being this event that gets, you know, at least a hundred people, if not more, and it is now part of a series. So you kind of spoke to it a little bit before and, and saying that you wanted to have this idea of like giving back, but was there really was there a single moment that you think that you could point to where you decided like hey this is something more than an idea like this is more than just this selfish like okay i'm doing this for my own well-being because i'm going through some shit right now but yeah was there was there something specific like a catalyst that really put you over the edge because again for listeners that are out there that are maybe thinking that hey like i've got this idea that i want to transition into a, a nonprofit maybe hearing you talk about when you decided it was that key moment, it'll help them as well. I mean, I can speak to that quickly. Um, and then Peter can have at it, but you know, one thing that really was, you know, in, 
still is to this day is that I have a nephew that has special needs. So he was a code blue baby, you know, and he didn't have oxygen for the first you know minute of, of his life. Um, and, you know, now he's 27, 28, but kind of operates more as, you know, probably a six to 10 year or probably 10, 12 year old. So, you know, he was, um, so, uh, special needs and, you know, very high functioning, but, you know, my family, my sister, um, and my mom, but my sister really just dedicated her life to special Olympics. And that was a really powerful and instrumental thing in my life just to, to see her, my family, and then, you know, my nephew just kind of go through that journey and how much, you know, how difficult it is, but how beautiful it is and how much, you know, you have to give back to make that happen. So that the special Olympics is, you know, we've donated to that, those organizations mm. was one thing that um, was, was one of the first ones, early ones, as far as give back. And that was probably the, you know, what got me thinking about giving back was, was special Olympics. Yeah. I, I, I think I just remember our conversations from the get go talking about that. And even when we, I think when we first printed up that first round of t-shirts, we actually talked about that, the importance of not just putting all that, all that, you know, the huge amounts of money we made um, uh, <laughs> into our pockets, but that we did something good with it because I think even back then we realized just how fortunate we were, privileged we are, et cetera, to be able to do what we do in the places we do. And, and just knowing that there were so many others everywhere that were less fortunate and that we should do something, uh, what we can to, to be part of helping out as opposed to just doing uh, the usual selfish. And, and as Bob said, it, it's, I mean, all of this, what we do really this running and training is, is pretty darn selfish in a lot of ways. Not that that makes it bad, of course, but I mean, it's really self-focused. And so trying to help direct people's attention to people and things in need is, is also, uh, for us just critically important. And, um, and since we do so much of it outdoors, the outdoors makes uh, a ton of sense. And with the, the issues of climate change and all of that, um, it really makes sense for us to put our money where our mouth is in a way, I guess. So speaking of the environmental issues, because that is something I was going to ask about. And how did you identify environmentalism? But I think you already answered it. But I, but you, you guys have two pressing environmental issues uh that you've at least identified through on the suffer better website and, and mm. probably in the mission statement and it's to raise awareness for um for climate change um how did you come to select those two things why not three why not ten and, or no why not one and then why how did you come to select those two and why do you feel that those two are the most pressing when in the realm of climate change mm. Uh, such a great question. Um, well, I know for, for the, the one we do in the winter running up for air, uh, I'll, I'll just never forget us talking about, and I, I read the article, I think it was Luke Nelson that actually wrote the article that was in the Patagonia catalog back at some point. And 
and he was talking about uh, Rufa running up for air in in Salt Lake City, and he he talked about Jared Campbell who who started the whole thing. And I remember Bob and I talking and just saying to ourselves, "Look, we have crappy air here in the winter too, and what a great way." to get our trail running community to unite around something important. Um, and so we reached out originally to Jared and just said, Hey, um, would you ever consider, you know, letting someone like us put on a running up for air event here in Colorado? Um, and Jared, I mean, he's about the most amazing human I've ever met and the nicest guy and the most unselfish. And he said, absolutely go for it. Um, and so that was six, six years ago, Bob, I think. Um, and, uh, and that running up for air has now grown. We were the first of the non salt Lake groups to, to join. And now there is a, a roof of Ogden, a roof, of rock Canyon, a roof of Missoula, a roof of Seattle and us. And, They've now created their own separate uh, nonprofit to oversee all of these events and their expansion because there's a, a lot of places that would do that. So I think that one made sense um, from that regard. And then just looking at all these places and the whole public lands question became such a significant one for us because almost everywhere we run is whether it's local, state, federal, um, we're privileged to run on these public lands. And um, so that also then made a ton of sense for us just to focus on how to contribute to that preservation and expansion and all of that. So that made sense to us. And Bob, I'll kick it over to you for once you've, once you've initiated this idea and you've decided you're going to put it into practice, what was it like to then go on the offensive and start raising awareness for this and, and start recruiting people to these events? Because I imagine that you just, well, maybe in the trail running community, I'm not going to lie, maybe you can do this where you just put it up an event page and someone's like eventually will find. <laughs> I mean, I, I look at, I've been looking at races all the time. And so maybe uh, it's easy enough in the trail running community, but how do you go about recruiting people to to just yeah to be to be involved with something like this even because i and i would love to maybe uh in a follow-up question just ask about that first race that you guys had yeah i mean you know when we said let's do an event um and i'll let peter speak to kind of the actual event because it's on his family's land but you know we just said let's do something you know let's start small so we did a 10k and i don't know if we had 30 people and, you know, we didn't know what we were doing at all. We had both raced plenty, but, you know, there's a whole new awareness and appreciation and understanding for what a race director does in that whole community. Um, it's, it's humbling and it's, you know, so much gratitude for what these people do. Um, but, you know, I think we got that from our, just our circle of friends. We could get that many people. So early on, it was almost just kind of like a little reunion with, with a handful of friends and maybe, you know, one, one or two um, degrees of separation from there, you know, since then it's grown a lot. Um, you know, Peter has, you know, carried that mantle and has driven all the marketing and, you know, he's a phenomenal connector 
you know, so well liked and respected by so many different kind of circles that that has just fueled it. But um, yeah, the first event was pretty funny and I'll let, I'll let Peter kind of talk, speak to the first one. So <laughs> it was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was interesting. And I think Bob and I realized that the best part about all of this that we do, and, and you've talked about this too, Adam, is the, this community. And there's something very special about getting this crew together and doing something that, that we all share with a, with a real, you know, a goal in mind to accomplish something good. And so, as Bob said, uh, my family has this piece of land up near, it's off North Turkey Creek road near Evergreen. And, um, we're sort of convinced that my grandfather who bought it, bought it back in the twenties. So he and his cronies had a place to drink during prohibition, but we, somebody's told me there's a still on the land. We've never found it, but that's just a testament to my granddad's, you know, ability to hide things. Um, but it's all under a conservation easement. There's a little uh, cottage up there, and the rest of it is just this wide open land that's God, it's just full of elk and deer and wild turkeys and bobcats and bears and lions and all of that. And there was not much <laughs> in the way of, shall we say, infrastructure for an event. So my brother Jeff, who is uh, our chief volunteer as well, um, he and I tackled this project to, to build a trail. And um, uh, <laughs> it was such a rugged trail. It was not like what we all are so used to running on. It was, um, yeah, there were places you would absolutely have to stop and go, huh, wonder where I go. Huh, that's interesting. Um, but it was circuitous up and down. and we just we got 20 to 25 people to show up um every one of whom had just a really great day and um it really I, I just remember even though we it wasn't big we felt like we had just really scored it felt really successful to us because the camaraderie was there. The community was there. The vibe was uh, over the top. And so all that did was convince us that there's more we can do um, and to, to figure out how to get bigger and, and, and so on. But uh, it's, uh, it's a very special thing when those, everybody gathers in that good spirit and with good intentions. Something uh, extremely good about that. It's a, it's a vibe. I think uh, yep. over the last three episodes that I've done, that word has just come up naturally because there's no yep. other way to describe. And in the, you know, people I've been talking to are also trail runners in that sense and are race directors. And so it's, uh, yeah, there's, there's no better word to describe just that energy and that vibe when everyone mm -hmm. just kind of comes together, especially around something that means so much to probably each yeah. person that's involved. Peter, you you actually have a background in marketing, is uh, yep. from what I know. So how how did that contribute to your work with Suffer Better? I I was really lucky. I uh, uh, I, I back in must have been about two. Well, it was earlier than that because I really got it, it, 
lucky and I, I had one of these jobs that was uh, and yeah, I was the film festival director for this new action sports film festival that started back in the 90s when uh, a guy Bob and I both know started a magazine called Gravity and um, they got a bunch of money from uh, an outdoor company to to organize this film festival and so that's really where I got my feet wet doing that because I was essentially the sole employee. So I had to do everything. And uh, I got to learn a, a lot about all that. And then uh, over time, I ended up joining a, a really uh, big um, outdoor industry uh, PR firm, working with a, a dynamite gal named Chris Goddard. And then Ultimately, one of the guys who had been with Fila, who was the film festival's big sponsor, uh, after the, the film festival faded because um, Fila pulled all its cash out, we both of us, he was also a recovering ad- attorney, and but he was creative as hell. And we just decided, let's let's do something. And um, <laughs> we met. We got our first client on a run up Camelback Mountain outside of Phoenix at a conference. I ran into the guy from Nike ACG, which existed at the time, who was walking up the mountain. At, it was literally five in the morning. And he so he must have been up all night. Um, and he was in the process of trying to um, pick uh, a, a firm to work with. Our firm was literally an hour old by the time I met him. Um, so he told me kind of what they wanted. I ran back to our hotel. We were in Phoenix for this conference. And I told Dave, um, okay, we have an opportunity here. So we <laughs> we scribbled something together and sent it off to this guy from Nike. And that afternoon, we got hired uh, to be the, the voice of Nike ACG. And that was true for ultimately like five years, I think. And so we learned on the fly a lot of times. I mean, we did everything from print ads to PR to catalogs to, uh, you know, I I don't even think social media even existed back then. So, um, but uh, we learned and, and it's, it's, that thing that if you ever want somebody to pay attention to what you're doing, you got to figure out how to touch base with them. Um, and that's what we worked on. And, and, and I think we figured a lot of that out over time. And uh, um, I still think it's true. Uh, those really basic rules about that. And Bob, how about you? How's kind of maybe explain what your role is with this partnership. And then if you could, how your outside work, because, you know, as much success as Suffer Better is, ha- is having, you know, uh, fortunately we're not all retired on the Cayman Islands just yet. And I, and I know that you have, <laughs> you, uh, you, you also have a, a job outside of Suffer Better. And so I'd love to hear uh, how your professional experience outside of the organization contributes to how you run, uh, how you run this. I don't know. I mean, I've um, been an operator, um, kind of leadership of uh, consumer product companies for the last 25, 30 years. So um, that's what I have done, you know, small companies, you know, that are 15, 20 people and, you know, 10 or 15 million and large companies that are 
you know, 250 people and 300 million. So I've got to have run the gamut there as far as leadership roles and responsibilities, you know, as far as how I bring that to suffer better, probably not a whole lot, honestly. Um, I think that, you know, Peter, like I said, does all the heavy lifting these days. I kind of come in and help and support, you know, be another voice or set of eyes, you know, definitely work the Rolodex and connections. Um, but yeah, I, I try, if anything, I probably try not to bring that to it. You know, maybe that's for better or worse, but uh, you know, for me, suffer better is a place to um, not think about the business side of it so much and think about more the community and connection side of it. Again, maybe that's to fault, but um, yeah, when I when I get into suffer better mode, it's it's a lot of times supporting Peter and you know just watching watching when he the magic he makes and and you know doing what I can do when I show up and and help help out with it. Yeah. So I'm not quite at the Cayman Islands yet. Like I've been saying that for a few years now that, you know, Hey, when I do kind of hang it up, then I'll be able to put more energy into it. And I've been saying that for too long. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's the, the idea of, uh, of just skipping away. I don't know for, for me. And honestly, what you guys are doing is, is what I dream about doing myself. I mean, I feel like if I could, you know, if that, that question of if you had a million dollars, what would you do? It's for me, it's, I would live in my van, giving free coffee to people traveling around to trail races. Um, maybe not running like rate, like organizing a race, but I would love to just be a prof, not a prof, even a professional, like a pro bono pacer where I would just, sh- I'm like the, just showing up at races in a trail angel sort of sense. And I'm just, you know, at mile 62 at Leadville at like twin lakes or something, just with the sign saying who needs a pacer and just running with people. Um, <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. But you know, if, if you guys want to start a third organization, <laughs> here, we, can, we can all go in on this together. <laughs> um, um, but, yeah, but you'd probably be really busy if you did yeah. that, honestly. If <laughs> like, you think about that, I bet you would be. I, you know, I'm. I say this jokingly, but I'm very serious. It's it's one of those things where I kind of in my head I think, like, why has no one come up with this? Or maybe someone has, and it's just been a fail. You know, maybe it just doesn't exist for a reason. But for the most part, I. That's I that's and that's actually my plan for this year's Leadville because I'll be house sitting <laughs> out in Buena Vista and I've thrown it out there to a couple of people that I know that are running Leadville, like, hey, if you need a pacer, let me know. But if no one else take like if no one grabs me, I'm not kidding you. I'm going to stand at Quinn Lakes with a poster board just that has question, you know, pacer question mark. And if anyone needs me to, to do it, cause I mean, clearly I'll just talk the whole time and yeah. <laughs> can't worry about that. But that's, uh, uh, that's something I would love to, I would love to bring into existence. Uh, but again, yeah, maybe we could have that offline conversation. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to, I don't want to give too much away. I don't want anyone right. to <laughs> one out from underneath me. Um, but so, you know, Peter, it, it seems like you have more of the connections in the running community, whereas Bob, you probably have more of the professional connections in the business community. And so, uh, Peter, if, if, if I'm correct in that assumption, I'm kind of curious why, and maybe you guys have thought of this, but why are not more professional runners involved with this? Why not more like, and have you attempted to bring in big names, you know, insert whoever, into one of these events to draw more people? Or is that something that you've 
you've already thought of and you just don't think is a good idea at this point? I I don't think it's that we don't think about that. I mean, we have, mm-hmm. and, and let me back up two seconds and say probably, I mean, in truth, I mean, I'm, I only have more connections if I even do have more connections just because I've been around so much longer. I mean, Bob has a, I mean, Bob's probably done better overall when you think about it in all these things than I ever did. I mean, back when I was really competing, it was a different universe. And, uh, I mean, I, I, I honestly, I ran with the Taramahara back in Leadville at that day, you know, and, and I think given where we are today with social media and sponsorships and all those kinds of things, I just think the, the running world is, is, a different place, not better, not worse, but it's, it's definitely bigger and draws a bigger audience. And, um, um, so I think there's part of that. The other thing we run into is of course, you know, people who are some of those big names, they want money for things like that. And, um, you know, we always, they all have races that their sponsors put them in and, and things like that. And, and, we, I honestly think we we really feel like, in a way, yeah, great. But at the same time, it's not about that. It's we're it's all about all of us and what we are able to do singly and collectively. And um, so we that that hasn't been a big issue, a big thing for us to try to draw the big names. I mean, but at the same time, we get some. And, uh, it's just, we don't play it up, I guess. And, um, and, uh, I think sometimes our, our runs are in a way, as we, as we talk about community, the spirit and the vibe of ours is, is sort of less competitive in a way and, and, and more about the togetherness. So maybe that doesn't work for some people who have to hit podiums. Um, but I, I think of, you know, Annie Hughes, who's a total stud and, you know, she won Rufa for us and, you know, people along those lines who, who have done that and um, they show up, but, but what we love about them is they're just these humble, good people who are out there to join in and be part of it. And so that's really what we're all there to celebrate. Yeah. I mean, we've had, you know, Annie and Claire and Kyle and, you know, Courtney out there and Darcy, but it's just not, you know, it's, you know, line up and go, <laughs> no matter what, you know, first, last, or somewhere in the middle. That's, it's just, that's not what we just, I don't think we're even wired that way to think that way. Yeah. Um, and our, and our races are, you know, they're not huge, you know, they, there's gotta be some volume there so that there's some leverage you can get out of all the time and effort and dollars you put into it. But, um, you know, our goal is not to have a, a race of 250 or 300 people. You know, the sweet spot we found is, you know, 100 to 150, you know, maybe maybe a push a bit more if you are talking about multiple events, like a 25 or a 50K. But that keeps it small and community and, and you can really look every person in the eye and shake it, you know, shake everyone's hand and or high five. And, you know, that that is the magic, I think, that our events bring. And it's you know, I know other events do that as well. You know, we're not unique in that sense, but there, there's a feeling that people that come to our, you know, whether it be our running events, the RUFA, you know, we do a farm the table fundraiser every year in, um, 
September, but you know, no matter what the event is, I think there's just a real people have a great time, and it's 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 about yeah. that community community and connection for yep. a good cause. Yep. And who are some of the companies or brands that you might have connected with over the years, and how did you go about? identifying them or maybe they, they reached out to you, but how did you go about deciding to work with them? And I'll throw that, I'll throw that back over to Peter. Okay. Um, I mean, obviously one of the things we look for is that they, 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 there's some alignment in, in, in what we all believe and, and that so that we work with companies that, um, you know, focus on, all the things that matter to us, the environment, inclusivity, diversity, and all of those pieces. And so, I mean, we were, Bob and I are are lucky in in this other sense that we, because we both know a lot of people in this world, we, we know people in, at at these various companies. And, and um, I mean, Bob, way back in the day, used to work with the guy who started Hoka and, and Hoka has been one of our partners really since the get-go and um in the other shoe companies we work with sportiva and solomon and all of that they're they're all companies that make sense for us and really the ones we work with on on the are, are the local level and it's like working with you know adam uh berkeley park or bp run um and working with these the reason we work with them is because Phil is so great at building community and he's done such a good job for them and that it's just, it's a natural place for us to, to drop in. And sometimes, you know, we've reached out to some of these non endemic, you know, companies, (laughs) they're sort of like, what you do what? (laughs) So, you know, so we've stuck pretty, you know, close to the industry and, um, and uh, it's worked for us. And we each year we somebody new comes on board, and so we grow in that regard. And um, so you know we're 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 building that piece of the community as well. And so that's always exciting. And you've had a few years to to throw to put on these events and mm-hmm. to grow and everything. I'm curious what kind of impact have, have you guys had in, you know, maybe it's dollars raised or, um, some other metric that I can't think of, but what it, what, yeah, from, from the day that you only had 20 or so people to to today where you're realizing like, Hey, 200 is way too many. We need to dial it back a little bit. How has, how has suffer better contributed for the better, um, to its mission of environmentalism? Um, I'll start with this at least, um, several ways. Um, the, the most important is it, from our side really is education. And it, so even though our events focus on raising money for these things, each one of our events, we put on related, uh, presentations and programs so that if we're talking about clean air, for example, we gather the crew at and Patagonia has been great uh, at their shops to host us. And we have an evening or, or where we bring in people from the Regional Air Quality Council, um, Conservation Colorado, Protect Our Winners to talk about, okay, 
our air's crappy. What does that mean? Uh, and what what can we all do about it? And really, what we're really hoping is for people to understand that they can be a part of the solution. And so that's a big piece of it. And then, of course, the money we raise, um, we finally, you know, it's not tons, but for an organization our size, we've raised over $125,000 over the last five, six years to go to these various nonprofits that we support. And, and they put that money into programs and electing the right people who care about the things we care about. And um, I've even I've even gone a couple of times down to the legislature with Conservation Colorado to lobby for bills on air or public lands. And it's really nice to then to be on that active side as well. And um, so and and the, the, our events do grow, so I know we're attracting more people, and the community's getting bigger. And it's uh, collectively, uh, I actually, I'd like to think we're making a difference. Yeah, I, I would like to think so too. I, it's um, you guys have definitely put on something, and you know, I we were talking yesterday, and I. I told you, uh, I give you the unfortunate news that you're you're going to be seeing me uh, in person soon <laughs> um, at one of your events. I think at the Fish Slapper event later this year. And uh, it, for anyone who was on, who was curious what the term fish slapper might be, maybe they should uh, check you guys out. But kind of as we wind things down, and, and I want to be really respectful of your guys' time. But one kind of one question that I want to leave our listeners with, and just something that's been that just kind of is shining through with me is your guys relationship with each other and you guys are running this organization and maybe it's not a for-profit business but it's still an organization that you guys are both putting your names behind and i'm want to know like how if at all and i'm assuming that the answer is it has has running this organization together somehow strengthened your relationship um in, over the years and um, since Peter, uh, I put him on the spot first with their first question, Bob, I'm going to put you on the spot first with this one. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely brought us together in you know, many, many ways. I mean, just, you know, thinking strategically and, you know, vision, mission, you know, what, what, you know, values, what do you stand for? Like all that stuff comes up, right. When you're kind of creating something. So that just, ha- you know, brings people together and has conversations and mindsets that are typically different than if you're just kind of out running in the hills or, you know, hanging out as friends. So, um, that that's, that's been great in that sense. Um, I think there also comes, you know, it's not, not a heavy, but attention, but there's a tension because sometimes it's like, I know that Peter wants to do something more with it. And I feel like I'm sometimes holding it back because I've got the day job. So, so there's also like that yin and yang of that. And, um, you know, one of the things that we had talked about when we first kicked it off was like, you know, let's do something together, not alone. And, mm. you know, I just know that sometimes Peter's for sure alone in it because I'm not able to put in the energy that, you know, I'm able to because the day job and, you know, his kid, his kids are out of the house. Mine's not. So just, you know, life. And yeah. um, so that's one thing that I would say kind of comes up here and there. Yeah. Yeah. But, and at the same time, we almost always make the, the, the big decisions together. Um, uh, Bob has uh, an expertise in, in a lot of things that uh, 
but just so useful for me to get his take and opinion. And so when it almost always we talk about these things and, um, you know, it's any kind of, it's like a, any relationship, you know, we, we have our moments where it's like, Oh shoot, I wish this. And, um, but I so trust him and I so like him that it, um, it's always easy and to get there and figure things out together. And, it, uh, you know, I mean, we are what we are and, and we've only gotten there because of the two of us doing what we've done together. And, and so it's, uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy with all of that. And, you know, it's, uh, we're making a difference. We're, we're getting bigger. We have opportunities that neither one of us would have imagined for this thing five years ago. And, uh, so it's, uh, it's something that, uh, gets me up in the morning, keeps me going and, and something that I just, I love uh, as much as I can, you know, love anything like that, you know, an organization. So, um, I think we're great. We're good together and, and we're doing some good things. I feel like, uh, there's not going to be any more beautiful of a way to, to wrap this up. And, uh, I just want to say thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk to me today. And um, thank you for just putting on the event and giving all your energy into it. It's really, it's really something I think that's, that's only just beginning in its, in, in its own beginnings of becoming something even more special. And I can't wait to see 10, 20 years from now, how it grows. Uh, how would you like people out there listening to discover your work and get involved? Yeah. First, uh, visit us, sufferbetter.com. Come run with us. Um, we've got our events. They're all live on the site. Uh, you can check those out. I always encourage people to sign up for our newsletter, which just goes out once a month, which is our way of sort of touching base with our community and letting them know what's going on, where, and, and how to get involved. Um, we love uh, volunteers if you're not a runner. Um, or you're pert or any of those kinds of things. I, I think our volunteers are some of the most special people ever. And uh, um, yeah, we could, you can't do this without them. So that's a great way to get connected in um, and just, you know, stay in the loop with us and uh, we'll, uh, we'll find ways to support you as you find ways to support us. And I would just add, you know, all those things are great and for sure come find, come find us, come play with us, come eat with us. Um, but also when you're out there, you know, on the trail or not suffering, you know, whether you want to or not, uh, try to do it with a smile on your face and yes. embrace it. <laughs> yep. Just Heck suffer yes. better. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Thank you guys so much for, for talking to me today. I will make sure that I include uh, links to Suffer Better in the show notes for anyone out there that's listening. Great. But um, like I said, uh, I'll be talking to you guys soon, but I'll be seeing you guys soon enough. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Uh, thank you so thank much. You. This yes. was a great afternoon uh, way to spend some time. And I really appreciate you talking to the two of us and, and helping us spread the word. Yeah, thank you. We'll, we'll see you soon. Thank you very much. Okay, that's going to be a wrap for this episode. Thanks for tuning in to the It Matters to Me podcast with my guests, 
Peter Downing and Bob Africa of Suffer Better. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to their website and upcoming events. And if you're able to consider making a donation. And if you have a minute and you enjoyed this episode and the podcast overall so far, please consider leaving a review and sharing it with a friend. It really helps other people discover the show. Like always, you can get in touch with me either on Instagram where I'm at Adam Casey or just by writing an email to adam at itmatterstomeetpodcast.com. Can't wait to talk again soon. Till the next one, this is Adam Casey signing off.